Folks, what does everyone do when shopping online? Well, you jump to the reviews and you see what customers actually think. Well, Bull and Branch did the hard work for you. In a recent customer survey, 96% said Bull and Branch sheets get softer with every single wash. Bull and Branch sheets are made from the finest 100% organic cotton threads on planet Earth. Buttery to the touch, super breathable. Bull and Branch sheets are perfect for both cooler and warmer months. Their luxurious signature hem sheets were made without pesticides, formaldehyde, or other harsh chemicals. They really do get softer with every single wash. Best of all, Bull and Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping. Returns on all orders. You're not going to want to return them. We love our Bull & Branch product. In fact, when I'm on the road, I actually travel with their cable knit throw blanket. It is that good. Their product is just awesome. After a long day, nothing feels better than a restful night's sleep in the softest, most luxurious sheets. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bull & Branch. Get 15% off your very first order when you use code BEN at bullandbranch.com. That's Bull & Branch, spelled B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Promo code BEN. Exclusions apply. See site for details, bullandbranch.com. When it comes to Israel's current war against Hamas, there is a clear gap between the sides on a moral level. One side, Hamas and its allies, seeks to murder civilians. That's why they slaughtered 1,400 innocent Jews in Israel and have planted their military sites directly in civilian areas while attempting to stop their own civilians from escaping those areas. Hamas openly acknowledges, they say, that they use civilians as human shields. The other side, Israel, seeks to save civilians. That's precisely why Hamas locates its military assets in civilian neighborhoods. If Israel were truly a human rights monster that didn't care about civilians, Hamas would have no incentive to shield its weapons with innocent Gazans. On the one side, Hamas has a health ministry that routinely lies. In 2014, for example, Hamas's interior ministry website issued instructions to online activists, including the following statements. These are direct quotes. Quote, Anyone killed or martyred is to be called a civilian from Gaza or Palestine before we talk about his status in jihad or his military rank. Don't forget to always add innocent civilian or innocent citizen in your description of those killed in Israeli attacks on Gaza. They also say, quote, avoid publishing pictures of rockets fired into Israel from Gaza city centers. This would provide a pretext for attacking residential areas in the Gaza Strip, unquote. Because Hamas runs a tyrannical terror state, media members are routinely told what to report, which is why that same year, in 2014, the Washington Post admitted that when it comes to body counts, the Hamas health minister was, quote, the only game in town. They threatened reporters. That same minister acknowledged that he maximized the count of civilian casualties. The New York Times in 2014 recognized that Hamas inflates such statistics as well. The other side, Israel, is a democracy with high levels of transparency, a free press, a robust democracy with highly aggressive opposition parties. The current prime minister of Israel has been dragged by that media and opposition through scandal after scandal. That doesn't mean that Israel doesn't get things wrong. It does mean that Israel does not make lying its central principle in military matters. One side, Hamas and its esteemed colleagues in Palestinian Islamic Jihad, has a very long history of firing rockets that end up hitting their own people. In 2022, for example, Israel estimated that some one-fifth of all 1,000 Palestinian Islamic Jihad rockets fell within Gaza. During the current war, over 7,000 rockets have been fired at Israel. At least 400 of them fell short and hit Gaza. Here are just some video examples from the recent past. On October 17th, Islamic Jihad destroyed a hospital in Gaza when a rocket aimed toward Israel, misfired, and landed in Gaza. This isn't the first time. While thousands of rockets are fired toward Israel, rockets fail. These failed rocket launches cause mass destruction and the death of countless innocent individuals inside Gaza.
Now, here's a map of all the failed launches during this war alone. You can see this map blankets the entire Gaza Strip from south to north. One side, Israel has a precision military that seeks to hit as many military targets in as efficient a way as possible. That military routinely passes up shots on military targets if too many civilians will be harmed. So with all of this said, naturally, when a hospital allegedly blew up in the Gaza Strip yesterday afternoon and Hamas immediately claimed that the explosion was an Israeli airstrike and that 500 people had been killed, the media used their heads. They decided to wait for all the information to emerge because, you know, Hamas are liars. Nah, just kidding. They went with Hamas's report because this is what they do. As it turned out, Hamas was, as usual, lying. Lying from beginning to end. A failed Palestinian Islamic Jihad rocket hit the hospital. Actually, to be more accurate, it hit the parking lot next to the hospital, doing no apparent structural damage to the building. We still don't know how many people actually died. We don't know the real number of casualties. It took Israel weeks to determine how many people had died in the assault on its southern border. Hamas threw out the number 500 within 15 minutes of the rocket falling. There's only one reason the media jumped to listen to Hamas. The media have an insanely strong stake in creating moral equivalence between Israel and its terrorist opponents. They operate under a soft-headed mindset that seeks moral parity between parties to a conflict. But as it turns out, they only seek that moral parity when one of the parties is Jews. If we're talking about, say, Russia-Ukraine, the American media treat every Russian claim with a grain of salt and believe pretty much everything put out by the Ukrainian government. If we're talking about a full-on terrorist group that just slaughtered babies, however, our media are suddenly shockingly credulous. They suddenly believe what the terrorists have to say. How interesting. How revealing. What we're actually watching in real time as a genocidal Jew-hating terror group laundered a lie about a Jewish massacre of innocents at a Baptist hospital is what we call a blood libel. That term dates back to the year 1144 when Jew-haters charged the Jews of Norwich, England with ritually murdering a young boy named William for religious purposes. Frequently, such blood libels claim that Jews used Christian blood to bake Passover matzah. Similar blood libels were used for centuries, all the way through the time of the Nazis. They are still repeated very frequently in Arabic language media in the Middle East. The goal is obvious, to turn the Jews into monsters and thus to justify their murder. Blood libels, historically, have led to pogroms, to expulsions, to genocide targeted against Jews. Blood libels end in actual blood. Now, the same is true right here. Hamas retailed a blood libel. This is a blood libel. And the media credulously picked it up. Their sudden credulity has consequences, very deep consequences. People are going to die because the media bit Hamas's hook here. But again, that's really nothing new. Legacy media hatred for the state of Israel is decades old, really dating back to the post-67 era, and has cost thousands of lives on all sides. If the West had taken seriously Hamas's own words, or for that matter, the words of the Palestinian Authority and Islamic Jihad, Israel never would have been forced into dangerous concessions to terrorist groups that have ended with thousands of deaths. But the media continue to pretend that moral equivalence is the story in the Middle East. It's a comforting, easy story. They lie, or at the very least, they pretend that Israel's enemies have serious credibility. Those lies cost blood. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Do you like your web history being seen and sold to advertisers? No? Me neither. Get ExpressVPN right now at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Okay, so here is the actual story of what happened yesterday. So late in the afternoon, in the early evening, Israel time, a story emerged that a Palestinian hospital in the Gaza Strip, a Baptist hospital, had been hit by an Israeli airstrike. That was the story that was originally promulgated. And the headlines for the media just parroted whatever Hamas told them. 500 dead. It was an Israeli airstrike. It targeted a hospital. It was designed to kill as many civilians as possible. And obviously, that story was also designed to drop at the same time that President Biden was arriving in Israel. So here were the original headlines from all of these outlets. CNN, quote, hundreds killed in Israeli strike on Gaza hospital, Palestinian officials say. Now, first of all, you should note how these headlines are written. They're all written the same way. The way they are written is the claim. And then at the very end of the claim, 
Palestinian officials say. Now, if you let it off with Palestinian officials say hundreds killed in Israeli strike on Gaza hospital, everybody would know to take it with a bit of a grain of salt because, you know, Hamas lies. They literally lie for a living. It's what they do. Instead, all of these headlines lead off with the claim and then comma, Palestinian officials say Reuters, hundreds killed in Israeli airstrike on Gaza hospital. Health authorities, where the health authorities, they don't mention it. That would be Hamas. The Wall Street Journal, Israeli airstrike on Gaza hospital kills more than 500, Palestinian officials say. Al Jazeera English, Israeli air attacks have killed hundreds of Palestinians in Al-Akhli Arab Hospital in Gaza City, where thousands are seeking medical treatment and shelter from heavy bombardment. BBC News, hundreds of people have been killed in an Israeli strike on a hospital in Gaza, according to Palestinian officials. Like Every major newspaper in the world, let it was the front page, it was literally the front page, it was the top headline. Every single newspaper in the world bought into Hamas's story. So what actually happened? What actually happened is that Islamic Jihad, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, which has thousands of rockets in the Gaza Strip, they were firing rockets on Israel because, you know, that's it was a night ending in Y. And so it's time to try to kill some Jews in Ashkelon or something. And so they started firing rockets into Israel. And shock of shock, it turns out that one of their rockets fell short. How do we know that? Well, as we'll see, because all the evidence says so. Visual evidence, audio evidence, geolocating evidence, all of it says so. So the media didn't just get it wrong. They bought a terrorist lie, broadcast it to the world, and then... They're slowly having to backtrack that lie. It's too late, though, because once the lie is out there, this will now be the story, and it will cost lives. I'll get to more on this in a moment. First, Pure Talk announced last week they would alleviate $10 million in veteran debt by Veterans Day. How? By giving a portion of every new order to this cause. Thanks to your support, Pure Talk is 27% to their goal with three weeks to go. Our veterans gave everything to protect the nation. Pure Talk understands the sacrifices they've made. When you switch to Pure Talk's lightning fast 5G network, they will donate a portion of every new order to this noble cause. You can make a real difference just by choosing superior cell phone service. Pure Talk's plans start at just 20 bucks a month, offering unlimited talk, text, more data, and a mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro, make the switch. Let's rally together and show our unwavering support for our veterans. Visit puretalk.com slash Shapiro, switch to Pure Talk today. It's the right move. It's the American way. By the way, their cell phone coverage is fantastic. They have a great tower network. I know because I use Pure Talk for all of my calls. You should do the same. You're going to save money. Also, it's a company that doesn't hate your guts. So head on over to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Switch on over to Pure Talk today. Again, they are right now helping to alleviate debt for veterans. So you're doing something for a good cause as well. puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Switch to Pure Talk today. It's more on this in just one moment. First, you've heard me talk about how important it is to have a VPN to protect your online privacy before. Choosing a VPN you trust is equally as important. Now, I actually research the show's sponsors because I want to recommend brands I believe in. I can say with full confidence, ExpressVPN is the best VPN on the market. For starters, ExpressVPN does not log your online activity. Lots of cheap or free VPNs make money by selling your data to advertisers, but ExpressVPN doesn't do that. They've even developed a technology called Trusted Server that makes their VPN servers incapable of storing any data at all. ExpressVPN also uses Lightway. That's a new VPN protocol they engineered to make user speeds faster than ever. I've tried a lot of VPNs in the past that can sometimes slow your connection, but ExpressVPN is always blazing fast and lets me stream videos in HD quality with zero buffering. Not to mention, ExpressVPN, really, really easy to use. You don't need any technical skills to set it up. You just fire up the app, you tap one button, and now you're connected. Even your grandparents could do it. I'm not just the one saying this. It's Business Insider, The Verge, a lot of other tech journals. They rate ExpressVPN as the number one VPN on planet Earth. Protect yourself with the VPN I know and trust. Use my link at expressvpn.com slash Ben today. Get an extra three months free on that one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash Ben. expressvpn.com slash Ben to learn more. 
We'll get to more on this in just a moment. First, financial experts thought we were in the clear. While experts anticipated rate cuts from the Fed, inflation in the United States remains a significant economic concern. Think about it. The U.S. is in the hole by $34 trillion, but we're going to continue to print money and borrow money, which means the prices that you pay every day are going to continue to rise. So we can either bury our heads in the sand or we could, you know, do the smart thing that you do financially, which is diversify. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation. Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. You're not going to pay a penny out of pocket. Gold is part of my savings strategy. I get my gold from Birch Gold. They've been the exclusive gold partner of The Daily Wire for over seven years now, literally helping thousands of our listeners. They can help you too. Text Ben to 989898. Get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist about protecting your savings from persistent inflation with gold. Text Ben to 989898. Right now, again, diversification, just a smart fiscal strategy. Go check them out right now. Text Ben to 989898 to get started. Okay, so the IDF waited until they could actually gather the evidence. And then they revealed that uh, actually, no, it was not an Israeli airstrike on a, on a hospital. In fact, Israel goes out of its way not to hit hospitals. How do we know this? Well, because as I've said multiple times on this show and others, Al Shifa Hospital in the Gaza Strip is located directly above Hamas headquarters. This has been well known for decades at this point for literally decades. So you ask, why hasn't Israel just taken down the hospital? Because it's a hospital. That's the reason Israel didn't take down the hospital. For literally everyone knows, it is not a giant secret. It is reported on Wikipedia that Al-Shifa Hospital is located on top of Hamas headquarters, but Israel doesn't blow it up. Why? Because Israel understands that the, the human damage and the public relations damage that would be done by doing such a thing would be catastrophic. So yesterday, the IDF spokesperson revealed that actually Islamic Jihad fired the rockets that fell short. Here he was announcing that yesterday. I want to give you an announcement of the event that occurred in the hospital in Gaza. I can confirm that an analysis of the IDF operational systems indicates that a barrage of rockets was fired by terrorists in Gaza, passing in close proximity to the El Hali Al Mahdi hospital in Gaza at the time it was hit. Intelligence from few sources that we have in our hands indicates that the Islamic Jihad is responsible for the failed rocket launch which hit the hospital in Gaza. I repeat, this is the responsibility of Islamic Jihad that killed innocents in the hospital in Gaza. So you say, but I don't know who to believe. Should I believe the official military of a democratic ally of the United States or should I believe the terrorist group? Well, good news, Israel actually then provided evidence that it was a Palestinian Islamic Jihad rocket. So first of all, there is surveillance footage from one of the Moshavim, that is one of the villages that is located around the Gaza Strip. It was one of the places that was assaulted during the Hamas attack on southern Israel. This is surveillance footage from Nativ Ha'asara, and it shows the barrage of rocket fire from Gaza. You will see in this footage that one of those rockets doesn't make it all the way out. And where does it go? Where does it go? You see, there you see the Gaza border, right? You see the Gaza wall. Look at the, look at the rockets go up. Hey, okay, here they go. All the rockets are, are going up into the sky, aimed at Israel. And uh, a mere moment later, you will see an obvious projectile from the exact same direction falling directly into the hospital area. And so there are the rockets going up and boom, something came down. The timing is almost, why, why, why look at that? It looks exactly as though a rocket failed because that's precisely what happened. A rocket failed. Hey, but don't worry. You don't have to, you don't have to rely on, you know, visual footage. Also, Al Jazeera showed it in real time. This is footage from Al Jazeera, time stamped at the same time 
that the supposed Israeli bombing occurred. Here's what it looked like on Al Jazeera. There is the project. Oh, look at that. The camera stays on the uh, on the rocket. And uh-oh, there goes the rocket. And bam, down right into the middle of the Gaza Strip. So there was that. Again, that was on Al Jazeera. So that, that yes, wonder, wonderful. Yes, just uh, amazing, amazing work there from Palestinian Islamic Jihad. Don't worry, that's not all the evidence. The IDF also has radar footage. They have radar footage. So here is a, a picture, this is a graphic of where the rockets were aimed. There's the rocket launch site, as you can see, if you're watching the show, you can see it in the lower left-hand side of your screen. And then you can see a series of lines that are the direction of the rockets. As you can see, the hospital is located directly along the path of one of those lines. That is, a, this is all taken by Israeli radar footage. But don't worry, there's more. The IDF also has drone footage of the actual site of the hit. And what they show is damage done to the parking lot. So this is before and after. Okay, you can see from the top where exactly this, this rocket landed. Now, you'll recall that the original report is that it, it hit a hospital square. Right? It hit the hospital square, killed 500 people. In actuality, where did it hit? It hit a parking lot. It hit a parking lot right outside the hospital. And Hamas immediately claimed 500 dead and the entire media ran with it without any body count, without any sort of waiting, with, with nothing. Okay, as you'll see from the, from the footage here, you can see there's the parking lot, there's the hospital compound. And uh, again, you can see the site of the fire. There was no bomb crater, no heavy ordnance crater at all. There's shrapnel on the roof. The tile roof on the building next door wasn't even damaged. They gave examples of craters caused by IDF ordnance or IF, because the Israeli Air Force, diameter of seven meters. There are no visible signs of craters or significant damage to buildings. There's no crater. How do we know there's no crater? Because there's actual pictures from the site where there's no crater. It's perfectly obvious from all available evidence that this was a rocket that failed. And in fact, we have footage directly from TAS, which is an Arabic station, showing the actual site. And here's what it shows. Now, does that look like the middle of a hospital to you? Or does that look like a parking lot that got burned? Now you can see, again, this is footage not from Israel. This is from TASS. Okay, there's people walking around the burned outskirts of a, uh, of a parking lot that got hit. Got some burned cars. So unless those cars were filled with hundreds of people, they're not 500 dead in that particular, in that particular bombing. Okay, and the exterior to these buildings is largely undamaged. They have footage from inside the chapel. You can see some of the windows got blown out. And the interior of the chapel is intact, is intact, right? You're not seeing giant bloodstains on the floor. You're not seeing bodies strewn everywhere. Now, again, did some people die in this failed Palestinian Islamic Jihad rocket launch? Sure. I mean, I would assume, yes. Was it 500 people? Where's the evidence? Also, even if it wasn't 500, even if it was 500 people, it was a rocket from Palestinian Islamic Jihad. Oh, but wait, there's more. I mean, you, you think that, Wait, there's more. Okay, I'll get to the more in just one second. Because again, in, just in case you were thinking, well, you know, that, that's all circumstantial. What if I had for you evidence of Hamas members talking to one another about the failed Islamic Jihad rocket launch? Good news, I do. I'll bring it to you momentarily. First, are you a few years or decades out of school and wondering, what the heck did I even learn and what was the point? Well, if you went to a top-level Ivy League school, then probably you are. You might even be thinking, I don't have the time to learn something new. If that's you, you're not alone. It's not too late. Hillsdale College is offering more than 40 free online courses. Learn about the works of C.S. Lewis, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, or the history of the ancient Christian church with Hillsdale College's online courses. 
If you're not sure where to start, check out Constitution 101, The Meaning and History of the U.S. Constitution. In this 12-lecture course, you'll explore the design and purpose of the Constitution, the challenges it faced during the Civil War, and how it has been undermined for more than a century by progressivism and liberalism. The course is self-paced, so you can start whenever and wherever you want. Our country needs more Americans who actually understand the Constitution and understand American history and can defend our freedoms against the encroachments of an increasingly large and unaccountable government. Also, we just need more people who are educated, but not by our garbage colleges. Go to hillsdale.edu slash Ben to enroll. There's no cost. It's easy to get started. That's hillsdale.edu slash Ben to enroll. Hillsdale.edu slash Ben. Now, I've been showing you footage all week of the garbage that happens at America's college campuses. That stuff is not happening at Hillsdale. Go check out Hillsdale right now. Hillsdale.edu slash Ben. Okay, so what if I told you that um, I have audio footage? Well, um, we do. So here's audio. This is from Hamas members talking to one another going, uh-oh, it looks like we, uh, it looks like one of the Palestinian Islamic Jihad rockets hit, you know, near one of our hospitals. Oops. This is recording. Hamas operative number one. I'm telling you, this is the first time that we see a missile like this falling. And so that's why we are saying it belongs to the Palestinian Islamic Jihad. They are saying it belongs to Palestinian Islamic Jihad. It's from us? It looks like it. Who says this? They are saying that the shrapnel from the missile is local shrapnel and not like Israeli shrapnel. What are you saying? And then the names get, then silence. But God bless. It couldn't have found another place to explode. Never mind, yes. Blank, they shot it from the cemetery behind the hospital. What? They shot it coming from the cemetery behind the Al Ma'amadani hospital in a misfire and fell on them. There's a cemetery behind it? Yes. Al Ma'amadani is exactly in the compound. Silence. Where is it when you enter the compound? You first enter the compound and don't go toward the city. It's on the right side of the Al-Mamadani Hospital. Yes, I know it. Oh, so, oh. But I thought it was an Israeli airstrike. I mean, according to literally every major media news outlet on the planet. They just ran with Hamas's lies about it. So Hamas knew right away, and then they decided to lie about it. By the way, in that even audio recording, multiplicity of war crimes admitted in that recording, right? You're not allowed to fire a rocket from right next to a hospital. So what are they admitting to? That they fired the rocket from right next to the hospital. Two, they're admitting that it fell in the parking lot near the hospital. Three, they're admitting to lying to the entire international media about all this. Now, you could make the case for the media that they're just credulous and stupid, except that they've known for decades that the Palestinian authorities routinely lie about this stuff. Routinely lie. It is not as though this is somehow not their MO. This is exactly their MO. They've been doing it for as long as they've been. This is why you wonder why it is that so many news outlets are located within Hamas controlled buildings in the Gaza Strip. The answer is because you will be shot or you will be hurt if you do not do what Hamas tells you to do. Everyone in the Gaza Strip knows this. It's not like Israel where you can walk around free with a camera. Hamas is a tyrannical terror state. They tell you to report a thing and you report it. And if you don't report it, they kick you out or they kill you. Everyone knows this. And yet the entire media ran with their lie yesterday because the blood libel is more important. It is purposeful. That's not foolishness. At a certain point, it becomes purposeful. I don't know how many times you can promote the moral equivalence blood libel lie of equating actual terrorist murderers with Israelis attempting to defend themselves before you become complicit in the lie and part of the lie. Hamas literally laundered a blood libel into full public view. And by the way, blew up the Middle East. I mean, we'll talk about that in a second. These lies have tremendous effect internationally. And you guys went all along with it, didn't you, in the legacy media? You did. And I wonder why. Could it be because it hits all of your political erogenous zones where you get to claim moral equivalence between Israel and its enemies? Could it be that? 
We'll get to more on this in just one second, because again, the fallout from this is dramatic. And the media, there's still members of the media yesterday who are insisting, no, 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 we, we still don't know. How could we know? It's a real head scratcher. All the evidence I just provided to you, audio, visual, radar, none of it matters to them. Many of them are still parroting it. Some of them are softly backing off. Well, now we don't know. Now it's in controversy. I mean, on the one hand, we do have all of this data. On the other hand, lying, terrorist, genocidal, Jew-hating murderers say it was the Jews. I mean, who's to say? It's a mystery of cataclysmic proportions. That's sort of moral equivalence again. Moral equivalence in which you take an aggrieved party and you equate them to Nazis who are actual Nazis. I mean, Hamas is Nazis. Donald Trump supporters are not Nazis. Hamas are actual Nazis. When you equate those with the Jews, what you are actually doing is both rehabbing the Nazis and degrading the Jews. That is the entire purpose of this exercise. And it has effects. We'll get to that momentarily. First, something more relaxing, nice, fun. The regular baseball season is, is it's officially over now. That doesn't mean the fun has to end. That's because Prize Picks offers projections on pretty much every sport there is. NBA, MLB, NFL, NHL, PGA, college sports, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, disc golf, whatever you are into. Prize picks is the easiest and fastest way to play daily fantasy sports. You pick two to six players. You choose whether they will score more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 25 times your money on a single entry. You don't compete against other people. It's you versus the projections. Plus, prize picks has a reboot policy that keeps your entries in play, even if one of your players gets injured. For NFL games, college, top 25 football matchups. If you have a player who get, exits the game in the first half and doesn't come back in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. Go to prizepicks.com slash Ben. Use promo code Ben for a first deposit match up to hundred bucks. That's prizepicks.com slash Ben. Use promo code Ben for a deposit match up to $100. Okay. So as I say, the media bought this, the New York Times headline crew, they were in overdrive last night. So they changed their top headline like five times. They left the picture. The picture was always the same, which is some suffering Palestinian mom and her kid. And uh, the original headline was Israelis strike, Israeli strike kills hundreds in hospital. Palestinians stay. Then they updated that to at least 500 dead in strike on Gaza hospital, Palestinians say. And then they changed that to at least 500 dead in blast at Gaza hospital, Palestinians say. So it changed from Israeli strike kills hundreds to it killed 500. Then it changed from strike to blast. And now if you go to the New York Times, the headline is basically strike in dispute. It's like Homer Simpson backing into the bushes, media graphic edition. It's insane. But don't worry, you still have your friends over at MSNBC to continue to lie to you that it was probably the Israelis. So here was um, MSNBC's Raf Sanchez says, well, maybe the Israelis are lying. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Probably it, probably it's the Israelis. Probably so, they, they fake the radar data. They fake the video. They fake, probably it's all that. Probably Or Hamas are terrorists who murder babies and burn them and lie. I know it's hard for you to believe that maybe evil people are evil, but I have breaking news. They're evil. And when you cover for them, you become complicit in their evil. And our legacy media have been dedicated for decades to the proposition that evil must never be looked in the eye. It must be coddled. It must be treated as though, actually, they're not evil. They're not maybe, sure, they're lying and we know they're lying, but we'll pretend they're not lying. And maybe we can, you know, maybe we can massage their shoulders and force Israel to make concessions to the, to the lying genocidal murderers. It's, it's insane. Here was MSNBC's Ralph Sanchez doing his best to try on both sides of this thing. This kind of death toll is not what you normally associate with Palestinian rockets. These rockets are dangerous. They are deadly. Mm. They do not tend to kill hundreds of people in a single strike in the One, way they didn't. that Israeli high explosives, especially these bunker buster bombs that are used to target these Hamas tunnels under Gaza City, 
do have the potential to kill hundreds of people. And we should say, finally, that there are instances in the past where the Israeli military has said things in the immediate aftermath of an incident that have turned out not to be true in the long run. And the one example I'll give you is that when the Al Jazeera journalist Shireen Abu Akleh was killed in the occupied West Bank, the Israeli military initially said that she was killed by Palestinian gunmen, and it was only months and months later that they admitted that it was likely an Israeli soldier who fired the fatal shot. Okay, and that was a massive scandal inside Israel. And turn, and you know who revealed that it was the, the Israeli soldier who fired the shot, even with Shirin Abu Akleh? The Israeli military. Eventually, they did all the research and they found that they thought that it was an Israeli military officer. Okay, so that was Israel that admitted that. But I love this. It, you, you really have to doubt the word of the Israelis over, over Hamas, over Hamas. Like clearly Hamas are the believable party here. You know, the, the last three weeks have been just a masterclass in Jew hatred. It's amazing to watch. It's like all of Jew hating history condensed into a three week period. First, you have a Holocaust level pogrom slash genocide, genocidal massacre of innocents around the Gaza Strip. And half the world goes, nah, well, maybe they deserve, nah, we do have sympathy for the Palestinians. Well, so we saw that. Then we see the Israel can't defend itself. It's causing civilian casualties. The Jews must take it. The Jews must take it right on the chin. They must enjoy it. The Jews must simply stand there. After all, we wouldn't want this thing to escalate. We have to make sure we just want peace. Cease fire now before Israel can do anything to defend itself or get back its 200 hostages. That's the best thing. Then we have a full-on blood libel, which is what this is, parroted by the legacy media. I mean, well, I'm just, I'm wondering what's coming next. As a student of Jewish history, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what new anti-Semitic trope from history can be dropped directly into the middle of this conflagration of garbage. Great stuff here, media. CNN had on a uh, senior managing editor of the Military Times named Kimberly Dozier. She says, this, this could shift political opinion against Israel. Yes, that's the entire point. Why do you think Hamas did it? Why do you think they lied? And then why do you think you guys are touting the lie? Again, it's unforgivable. For, uh, you understand what Hamas is. Hamas is a scorpion riding a frog. Of course they're going to sting the frog. The media are not the frog, though, because here's the thing. The media know full well what the scorpion is. They're not bamboozled or shocked by this. They know what Hamas is, and they report it credulously because it backs their broader narrative, which is that there is a cycle of violence in the Middle East, not one side seeking the genocidal extermination of the other side and the other side simply wanting to be left alone. I repeat, for the one millionth time, Israel pulled out of the Gaza Strip in 2005, leaving the entire thing to the control of the Palestinians and Hamas. And they promptly built it into a mini terror state that launched the worst terror attack on Jews since the Holocaust. And the media immediately turn around and go back to moral equivalence land. It's astonishing. Here we go. And Jake, what those images add up to is a mass casualty event that could change the international uh, opinion of what Israel is doing right now. It could shift international opinion against them. It's already uh, shifted that uh, opinion in the Arab world against Israel. And uh, is Israeli uh, news channels are still covering hostage families. Arab news channels are covering the destruction inside Gaza. Um, so I noticed that um, you guys are all very credulous about that. Again, the credu the, if you're that credulous about the claims of terrorist groups, it makes me think that you have some latent feelings about this conflict. Not so latent feelings, maybe we should say. Speaking of people who don't have latent feelings about this conflict, Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar, the terrorist caucus in the U.S. Congress, uh, they decided immediately to parrot Hamas's claims and blast them out at full volume. Rashida Tlaib, terror sympathizer, she tweeted out, Israel just bombed the Baptist hospital, killing 500 Palestinians, doctors, children, patients, just like that. President, this is what happens when you refuse to facilitate a ceasefire and help de-escalate. Your war and destruction 
only approach has opened my eyes and many Palestinian Americans and Muslim Americans likes me. We will remember where you stood. So there she is just parroting Hamas propaganda because, of course, she loves Hamas. She, this is the Hamas caucus. Ilhan Omar, same sort of deal. From ISIS to Hamas, has Ilhan Omar ever met a terrorist group that she isn't fond of? Bombing a hospital is among the gravest of war crimes, says Ilhan Omar. Well, maybe you might want to tell Palestinian Islamic Jihad that. The idea of reportedly blowing up one of the few places the injured and wounded can seek medical treatment and shelter during a war is horrific. The president needs to push for an immediate ceasefire to end the slaughter. You notice that all the Hamas caucus are pushing for a ceasefire. You know why? Because Hamas is getting its ass kicked, as well it should. So Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, again, pushing out terrorist propaganda because this is what they do for an actual living. It is, it is amazing. These are elected officials in the United States. Really, really solid stuff right there. Seriously, good stuff. By the way, the, the Hamas caucus adjunct scholar, AOC, she is continuing to parrot the words of her, of her fellow Hamas caucus members. She spent three minutes the other day trying to explain her calls for a ceasefire after so many Jews were murdered. This is on CNN. You and several other of your colleagues uh, released a statement calling on a, for a ceasefire uh, in the region. But I wonder, what is Israel supposed to do about Hamas after they murdered, brutalized, mm-hmm. abducted over a thousand of their citizens? Are they supposed to just do nothing? Well, you know, I think what's important to note about a ceasefire is that it's not one sided. Hamas has been sending thousands of rockets into Israel as well. And what is important is for us to identify our goal in terms of what safety means, in terms of what defense means. But and if I, think I may, it, Congresswoman, I think the position from Israel's perspective is that there was already an attack mm-hmm. and Hamas already committed an attack. Mm-hmm. After that happened, do you really believe that they should not respond to that? I think what is important in terms of response is Israel does have a right to to self-defense. I think what we need to take a look at in this situation is if collective punishment qualifies as defense. If the blockade she's such a clown. I mean, the fact that the, our Congress is filled with clowns and she's right at the she, she's the driver of the clown car, AOC. The fact that the media prop her up as somebody who knows things, this idiot bartender from Brooklyn, we're supposed to pretend that she knows things. Either she's absolutely ignorant or she is just an adjunct to the Hamas caucus or both. At this point, I'm going to go with both. So Joe Biden arrived in Israel today and uh, met with the Israeli government. In the immediate aftermath of this, he put out a statement about how outraged he was about the hit on the hospital. Again, it might have behooved him to wait for five minutes to see if the facts actually come out. Meanwhile, John Kirby, who's the national security spokesperson, he, uh, he said that, um, that he would be asking, that Biden would be asking Netanyahu tough questions as a friend, which is always... Yeah, after after your people get slaughtered, you know, definitely you want to answer questions from the American president. Tough. How many tough questions has uh, Joe Biden asked Zelensky as a friend? Question, serious, serious question. Has Joe Biden asked a lot of tough questions of, of Vladimir Zelensky in Ukraine as a friend? I don't hear that sort of language applied anywhere except with regard to the Israelis, of course. Here was John Kirby trying to, again, start making the room for both sides in it. Then Biden got on the ground and as we'll see, we, he backtracked this thing pretty strongly. When he talks to Prime Minister Netanyahu and to the War Cabinet. Um, he's going to be doing a few things. One, he's going to get a sense from the Israelis about the situation on the ground, uh, and more critically, their objectives, their plans, their intentions uh, in the days and weeks ahead. And he'll be asking some tough questions. He'll be asking them as a friend, as a true friend of Israel, but he'll be asking some questions of them. Um, he's also going to make it clear that we continue to want to see this conflict not widen, not expand, not deepen. And tough questions is for anyway, Biden immediately said he was outraged by all this. Then today he said in Israel, oh, yeah, by the way, I noticed that the other side did it, meaning it was Palestinian Islamic Jihad. 
Here was President Biden saying that. I was deeply saddened and outraged by the uh, explosion at the hospital in Gaza yesterday. And based on what I've seen, it appears as though it was done by the other team, not, not you. But there's a lot of people out there not sure. So we've got, we got to overcome a lot of things. Um, so he was asked, by the way, why he believed that. And he says, what I was shown by my Defense Department, not by the Israelis, by the American Defense Department. The British Foreign Secretary actually tweeted out yet this morning that um, everyone got it wrong, admitting that, that it was all a lie, that it was made up, and that everyone got it wrong, including in the international community. He put out a tweet. This is James Cleverly. Last night, too many people jumped to conclusions around the tragic loss of life at Al-Ahli Hospital. Getting this wrong would put even more lives at risk. Wait for the facts. Report them clearly and accurately. Cool heads must prevail. Oh, sad that the entire media uh, don't give any dams about that at all. Okay, so there are natural consequences to this. Those natural consequences are going to cost extraordinary numbers of lives and prolong this conflict and possibly widen it. The media are complicit in all of that. The media have blood on their hands. We'll get to that momentarily first. I got to tell you, not getting a ton of sleep recently. That means I'm more reliant than ever on my Black Rifle coffee. My team knows I need to have my Black Rifle coffee every morning. It's not just me. The office in Nashville goes through 40 pounds of Black Rifle coffee each week. You can get Black Rifle delivered straight to your door through their subscription service. It's a Coffee of the Month Club where you get premium roast sourced from the best farms worldwide. Save yourself a trip to the grocery store. Get a new exotic roast every single month. Black Rifle Coffee just launched their Halloween pumpkin spice collection featuring the Headless Horseman's Roast and the ready-to-drink pumpkin spice espresso. For those of you who love the pumpkin spice, that'd be like Michael Knowles. With pumpkin spice flavors so good, it will haunt your taste buds for all eternity or at least the rest of October. Stop running out of coffee. Sign up for that club subscription today. Have Black Rifle Coffee delivered straight to your door. Go to blackriflecoffee.com. Use promo code Shapiro. Check out for 10% off your order. That's blackriflecoffee.com. Use promo code Shapiro. Get 10% off. Black Rifle Coffee is America's coffee. Coffee again. It's what's keeping this show on the air right now. Sleep hard to come by. Black Rifle Coffee is America's coffee. Also, if you haven't seen the big news from us here at Daily Wire, BentKey is our new kids content app. It launched Monday. It's officially the number one kids entertainment app in the app store. You should know this because you did it. You made it number one by downloading that new BentKey app and experiencing it for yourself. We are so proud of this. You once again have a space with shows made for kids, shows that they will love and you can trust. You don't have to monitor your kids watching when you go to BentKey. It's the kind of content we had growing up. You know, fun, adventurous, interesting, and clean. Just like when we were growing up, new episodes are released every Saturday morning. That is correct. BentKey has brought back Saturday morning cartoons. Wake up and watch new episodes from A Wonderful Day with Mabel McClay, Gus Plus Us, Yeti Tales, and many more. If you don't yet have the BentKey app, Consider this your invitation to join the number one kids app. Download it today. It is awesome. Honestly, I'm so proud of it. My kids already love the content and I have a bunch of kids and it's hard to figure out what they can watch that's going to be safe. I don't have to worry about that any longer because we made it right here at Daily Wire with Bent Key. If you're already a Daily Wire annual member, big news, you already have full access to all of Bent Key's incredible shows at no extra cost because when you get a Daily Wire Plus subscription, that comes along with the Bent Key subscription. This would typically cost 99 bucks. It is included in your annual Daily Wire membership for free. You can get Bent Key right now at dailywire.com slash subscribe. Okay, meanwhile, well, when the media launder terrorist lies into full public view, that has some pretty predictable consequences. Already, there are forces in the Middle East that wish to see this conflagration spread. Now, it is in the interest of America to keep this thing contained. They don't want Hezbollah getting into the war. If they do, Israel's going to go whole hog against Hezbollah. If Israel does that, Syria may come in, Iran may come in, and suddenly you have a regional war that may expand outward to include Sunni states and may go nuclear. This is something the United States wishes to minimize. 
In order for that to happen, however, it would really help if the media would stop promulgating blood libels against the Israelis that actually end ongoing negotiations. So already, again, you have forces that are seeking to maximize the amount of conflict in the region. That, of course, would include Hezbollah, another terrorist group, an evil genocidal terrorist group on Israel's northern border that also happens to run the Lebanese government by proxy at this point. According to the Jerusalem Post, Hezbollah denounced what the group said was Israel's deadly attack on a Gaza hospital. Again, it was a lie and called for a day of unprecedented anger on Wednesday. I mean, it's hard to have a day of unprecedented anger in a region where pretty much every day is a day of precedented anger. I mean, literally every Friday is like a day of rage over there. But protests erupted outside the U.S. embassy in Beirut just hours after the incident. Again, all of this promoted by the American media. These massive protests spread pretty much everywhere. So huge protests in Lebanon that ended with the evacuation, apparently, of the American embassy in Beirut because people were trying to set it on fire. There were also massive protests in Jordan. We have footage from Jordan where massive protests broke out around the Israeli embassy in Jordan. Here's what that looked like. You can see, look at the size of that protest. Of course, 70% of the population of Jordan is Palestinian Arab, which makes perfect sense because originally the entire area was, quote unquote, Jordan was Transjordan, and then Transjordan was sliced off. The entire area was, quote-unquote, British Mandate Palestine. Transjordan was sliced off. That became Jordan. So naturally, a huge percentage of the population is Palestinian Arab. You can see the size of the crowd. Then you had massive protests in Qatar, which is an Iranian proxy state and ally, worked very, very closely with the, with the genocidal dictators in Iran. So here they were protesting in Qatar. It's a giant protest over in Qatar. There were massive protests in Iran in favor of Hamas as well. Again, look at the size of those um, of those protests. Many of these devolved into into violent riots or people at least attacking particular sites. That included, for example, people who are actually shooting ordnance at um, the at the Israeli consulate in Turkey. So fireworks are being shot at the Israeli consulate in Turkey. Here's what that looked like as well. It didn't stop there, by the way. A crowd tried to break into an American military base in Turkey as well, and all of this was ignited by the American media parroting Hamas talking points. So again, slow clap for our geniuses in the legacy media who only want peace, guys. They're peace-loving, truth-seeking people who uh, exacerbate every conflict they can find, apparently. Meanwhile, a massive pro-Hamas crowd headed toward the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad. So that was uh, another thing that happened last night. All this happened overnight because, again, the misinformation gets around the world before the truth can put its, its pants on in the morning. Here's a massive pro-Hamas crowd headed toward the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad. And you're seeing a lot of uh, young males, obviously, as you would imagine, in Iraq. Oh, by the way, if you're wondering what these uh, people are, are chanting, they are chanting, I quote, America is the greatest devil. So just in case you thought that this was only about hating Jews, as if that weren't bad enough, they, uh, they hate America also. So things are going great. Protesters in Beirut, as we say, the U.S. Embassy had to be briefly evacuated, apparently, because protesters in Beirut were trying to get into the U.S. Embassy. They uh, were flying Hamas flags and draping them over the fences. Don't worry, they're, they're not. Guys, we have been told by the same legacy media that the population in these areas hates Hamas. That Hamas is basically acting on its own. That the population of Gaza, they hate Hamas. Judea and Samaria, the so-called West Bank, they hate Hamas. That in all of these countries, everyone is peace-loving and peace-seeking. They all want the same thing. I'm not seeing a lot of evidence for that, but we have been told it by our legacy media. So probably we should believe it. Meanwhile, it's also hitting the West. Police in Berlin actually had to set up outside a Holocaust memorial in Berlin to prevent it from being defaced and vandalized. Here's video of that last night in Berlin. Look at the police presence around the Holocaust Memorial to prevent it from being defaced. Meanwhile, you saw massive protests in Canada as well in favor of Hamas. Those continue. 
The West did an amazing job, by the way, in importing tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people who sympathize with terrorist groups. That was a, that, it turns out that was an amazingly smart move. So that's that's great. Um, yep, that's that's a lot of people who... Um, if you're on, let me put it this way, if you're on the West on an immigrant visa and you support Hamas, the West should deport you. This should not be a particularly controversial statement. It seems like supporting terrorist groups is a pretty baseline thing not to do if you wish to reside in the West. Massive protests broke out in Greece as well. Terrorist sympathizers were running wild in Spain. Around the globe, around the globe, this is a thing. This is the protest in Greece. So, um... Things are going really, really well. All credit to the media. By the way, remember all those people we were told are not allied with the terrorists? You know, all those people who, who really hate the terrorists, like Mahmoud Abbas, he's the reasonable one in this particular region. He's the head of the Palestinian Authority. Um, well, I mean, it is unfortunate then that the Palestinian Authority gave Hamas's terrorist families close to $3 million for murdering Jews. That is the thing that actually happened. According to Palestinian Media Watch, the Palestinian Authority, which again, those are the moderates. Those are the supposed peace partner. They will pay families of dead Hamas terrorists a combined total of $2.8 million to pay for slay system called the Martyrs Fund. The terrorist family would be rewarded around 1500 bucks and a $353 allowance monthly for life. The families terrorists married into receive an even higher amount. That's apparently a low estimate. Those are the friendlies, by the way. Those are the people who we are told actually want peace. So yeah, Israel should probably make concessions. Probably a ceasefire would be necessary. Meanwhile, this had dramatic diplomatic fallout. So as I was talking about yesterday and throughout the week on the show, the reality is that everyone in the region, except for Hamas, has some interest in this thing coming to a close without it being blown into a broader war. Iran doesn't want that because if this thing goes hot and Iran ends up in the war, the leadership of Iran will be dead. Okay, that's just the reality. Lebanon will be deposed. The leadership of Iran will be dead. There'll be a lot of dead bodies. There'll be a lot of horrific suffering and carnage. That's what everybody is seeking to avoid at this point. But because of this false report parroted around by the media, because of that, Jordan has now canceled a summit that was to be held with King Abdullah, the dictator of Egypt, al-Sisi, and Mahmoud Abbas after the blast. They decided to cancel that. And, um, and so that was going to be sort of the leadoff for trying to figure out what happens with Gaza. That's really what those meetings are about. What happens with civilians in Gaza? Do they get some sort of temporary stay in Egypt? Do any of them want to move out? It turns out a lot of people don't necessarily want to live in Gaza because it's actually a crappy place to live when you're governed by either the Palestinian Authority or Islamic Jihad or Hamas. Many people want to leave. Will they be allowed to? Where would they go? That's what those meetings were going to be about. What comes after Hamas? Instead, that got canceled because of this false story that was touted around the world by legacy media. According to the Times of Israel, the White House confirmed that the Jordan portion of Joe Biden's trip to the Mideast has been canceled. He was supposed to hold the summit in Amman with the leaders of Jordan, Egypt, and the Palestinian Authority. Jordan announced it was scrapping the, media, the, the meeting entirely, which, again, goes to show you where their hearts are, does it not? I mean, again, why, why would that scrap the meeting? Wouldn't they want the meeting more desperately with the Americans, even if only to pressure the Americans to push the Israelis? A White House official said in a statement, the decision to scrap the Amman summit was made after Biden consulted with King Abdullah in light of the days of mourning announced by Abbas following the hospital blast. Again, they're, they're, all, they're all playing up the lie because they want to play up the lie because they wish to exacerbate the feelings of the so-called Arab street. They've been lying to their people for decades and indoctrinating their children in the hatred of Jews. So why stop now? So um, that is the international situation as it currently stands. Now, how fast can this lie be debunked? Anybody's guess. I mean, it's, it's already been debunked in real time, but it doesn't really matter because in the end, in the end, there are too many people in legacy media who still have a stake in the pre-existing narrative. They still have a, a stake in the pre-existing narrative. 
And they're going to continue to promote the lie. And the Arab street will continue to pick up the lie. And Arab leadership will continue to pick up the lie. Muslim leadership will continue to pick up the lie. And the the conflict will remain intractable, which was entirely the point. This has been entirely the point of the Palestinian conflict since the very beginning. I repeat that if you go back to 1947, 1948, every war creates refugees. This is what wars do. This is why there are 3.5 million Syrian refugees currently living in Turkey. The difference between Israel and its Arab neighbors is that Israel tried to encourage many people to stay, which is why 20% of Israel's population is currently Israeli Arab, meaning Palestinian Arab. And also, Israel took in 800,000 Jews from the surrounding regions, all of them it took in. The Arab nations took in zero Palestinian Arabs to use them as a weapon against the Jews. And that has been the story since the beginning. It continues to be the story today. In a second, we will get to what comes next internationally and the continuing crisis on America's college campuses. First, We do things here pretty differently at The Daily Wire. We host several of the top news podcasts in the world. We launched a chocolate company overnight. We just took on Disney head-to-head by releasing 100 episodes of kids' content, tons of content. Well, you know, that means that we're constantly growing. We're constantly seeking new hires, and we're constantly trying to upgrade the hires that we have. How do we do that? Well, we rely heavily on ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter makes your whole hiring process faster and easier. Their powerful technology works for you to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. ZipRecruiter saves you time by letting you easily invite your top candidates to apply to your job, so they're more likely to apply sooner. ZipRecruiter is trusted by millions of people. In fact, over 3.8 million businesses trust ZipRecruiter with their hiring needs. Make a positive impact on your hiring future with ZipRecruiter. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter will get a quality candidate within day one. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire to try ZipRecruiter for free. Again, that is ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. ZipRecruiter is indeed the smartest way to hire. Go check them out right now. ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. So what comes next? Well, the White House is already discussing the possibility of what they will do if Hezbollah gets in. According to Axios.com, the White House has been discussing the possibility of using military force if Hezbollah joins the war in Gaza and attacks Israel with its huge arsenal of rockets. Well, that, of course, matters. Even the discussion, the publicly available discussion, is meant to push Hezbollah away from doing just that. And that is smart. America does not want Hezbollah involved. Israel does not want Hezbollah involved. No one wants Hezbollah involved. I'm not even sure Hezbollah wants Hezbollah involved because if they get involved, they will not be on the map within a few weeks. But... They're being forced into it by Iran, by circumstances in Gaza, by world opinion and all the rest. So the West promoting a deterrent strategy here is a smart thing to do. As I mentioned yesterday, that is something that uh, the United States should be doing. They should be pushing Hezbollah from doing this. Because again, if Hezbollah fires those rockets, we're not talking about 1,500 dead Jews. You're talking about 20 to 30,000 dead Jews. That's how many rockets they have. And they're much more sophisticated and they can overwhelm Iron Dome. That's the great fear. Two U.S. officials said Secretary of State Antony Blinken told Arab leaders in the region that the U.S. is not fooling around by sending so many military assets to the region in support of Israel. They added that any decision to use force would be made according to the scope of a Hezbollah attack and Israel's ability to respond. This is why, by the way, you've seen Hezbollah doing pinprick attacks in the north. The basic idea here is to tie down Israeli troops and materiel in the north to redirect them away from the Gaza Strip, but not go so hard that either Israel strikes full force or that America strikes full force either. Meanwhile, Joe Biden is expected to ask Congress for a $100 billion package. Again, Joe Biden is trying to package together aid for Israel and Ukraine. These are two completely separate issues. They're completely separate issues. And the conflict in Ukraine, I've been an advocate of America funding Ukraine to defend itself and to prevent Russia from taking over the territory. Also, the intractable battlefield conflict, which is resulting in nothing, is going to need to have an off-ramp. And the United States is going to have to take a lead position in negotiating what that off-ramp is with the Russians, as much as I hate Vladimir Putin and think that he's a garbage human being and a dictator. That, so funding for Ukraine is a much more controversial proposition than rearming the Israelis in the face of an ongoing terrorist onslaught. Again, arming Ukraine to defend its own territory, I'm totally fine with, and that should continue. 
Because if not, then Russia wins and walks into Kiev. That is something that should be prevented. But linking the two issues, there are two completely separate issues. And Congress people should have the ability to decide to vote up on one and down on the other or vice versa. The fact that Biden is trying to link the two in order to cram them through is, I think, strategic bad faith. The funding levels, which would cover an entire year, they would also cover border funding and disaster aids. They're trying to lump everything together. Israel, Ukraine, border fund, another crap sandwich from the Biden administration. I, I don't know why this has to be tied together. Many House Republicans are expressing skepticism over combining all of this together. Some of the uh, some of the Senate higher ups, the Democrats run the Senate, of course. Mitch McConnell is backing the Biden proposal mainly because he wants to make sure that the aid to Israel gets done and the border security gets done. And he's saying we don't run the Senate or the presidency. He says this is all interconnected, but Republicans are going to push for a strong border element in order for that to happen. Obviously, Republicans at some point might want to, you know, nominate a speaker. So this is the other ongoing issue. Republicans still do not have a Speaker of the House. So yesterday they held a House vote. 20 House Republicans voted against Jim Jordan for Speaker of the House. Steve Scalise, who is previously the person who won a behind-the-scenes election among Republicans over Jim Jordan, he removed his name because he saw he wasn't going to get 217. Jordan decided to push forward and try to do a pressure campaign against various sort of Congress people who are waiting, and it didn't work. 20 Republicans voted against him for Speaker of the House. That included the House Appropriations Chairwoman Kay Granger of Texas, Representative Mario Diaz-Balart of Florida, Representative Ken Buck of Colorado, and a quartet of New York Republicans in purple districts. Many of them are afraid, as I said yesterday, that Jim Jordan is a very right-wing guy. They're afraid that he's going to do things like lead broad government shutdowns that will lose them their seats and therefore the House its majority. That's, uh, this, all of this chaos and stupidity should just underscore how dumb it was to depose Kevin McCarthy with no plan or actual ask. It was a fit of peak from some Congress people who like TV cameras. That's, that's all it was. Because so far, I'm not seeing what the win is. What's the win? Really, what's the win? Again, the underlying incentive structure is precisely the same. Because if you only have 221 seats in the House, which is what Republicans have, and you need a majority of 217 in order to do anything, that means five Republican Congress people of any stripe can simply sink whatever the entire caucus wants. That's what happened with McCarthy, but it can also happen from the left wing of the caucus, which is kind of what happened with Jordan yesterday. Representative Doug Lamalfa, a longtime representative of Kevin McCarthy ally who voted for him on the first ballot in the speaker's vote, told reporters that he'll vote for Jim Jordan on the second ballot. Jimenez said he would never vote for Jordan, but would consider other candidates. McCarthy is pushing for Jordan. But again, it's unclear exactly whether Republicans can ever get to, to 17 at this point. Byron Donalds, who is obviously a very right wing, pretty Trumpy congressperson from Florida. He says, yeah, it turns out that pressure campaign against the moderate members of Congress backfired. Axios heading into all this was talking about the pressure campaign that had building uh, to vote for Jim Jordan. Some were anonymously telling sources that they were getting bullied into vote. Was any of that a turnoff for some of these members? I believe it was. I've talked to a couple of members where they, they felt that that's just not what they needed. Um, I don't think that's what we should be doing right now. And listen, for all of the, the voters in our country, I think it's important for members to hear your voice, and I totally respect that. But I think that there are members up here who they want to be able to make this decision on leadership and then move forward. I think some of the pressure campaigns have backfired. They have not worked. So what exactly are the Republicans going to do? The answer is, hey. So right now, there are apparently ongoing conversations between the Democrats and some Republicans to empower Patrick McHenry, who's the interim House leader, to just kind of continue with his job. So there just won't be a Speaker of the House. We'll just move along with Patrick McHenry. Clearly, this is a big win for Republicans. Clearly, they don't look like they're a bunch of morons in a clown car shooting blanks at each other. 
Uh, obviously, this is well thought out. It was a genius move. Again, I'm all for a bit of uh, a bit of boisterous activity in the House if it actually accomplishes conservative goals. Please name the conservative goals that have been accomplished by this idiotic fit of peak. Can anyone name one? Jim Jordan is still not Speaker of the House. Steve Scalise is not Speaker of the House. In fact, nobody's Speaker of the House and hasn't been for several weeks at this point. Hakeem Jeffries is now telling CNN that his caucus is open to reaching some form of agreement with quote-unquote traditional Republicans to reopen the House. They're talking about empowering interim Speaker Patrick McHenry. He said, our focus right now relates not just to one any individual, but to getting the institution reopened. I have respect for Patrick McHenry. I think he's respected on our side of the aisle. Apparently, conversations between senior Democrats and Republicans have accelerated in recent days. So what is this going to end with in all likelihood? Some concessions to Democrats just to get a speaker done. So Democrats will vote for somebody. Slow clap. Slow clap for the strategic brilliance of this entire, of this entire debacle. Really, really high-level stuff. And meanwhile, America's universities continue to be a moral wreckage, a place of moral wreckage. University of Pennsylvania is now in crisis because they have not only looked the other way on radical anti-Semitism, but a lot of their donors are beginning to realize they shouldn't have been sending money there. So first of all, welcome to the party, pal. I've been saying for literally 20 years, 20 years, I've been saying that donors, conservative donors should not be giving money to left-wing colleges who promote garbage. They shouldn't be doing it. And so many people are like, yeah, but it's my alma mater. Yeah, but they still do some good things. Yeah, but yeah, but here's the thing. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Well, University of Pennsylvania now has a problem. According to CNN, former U.S. Ambassador John Huntsman blasted the University of Pennsylvania's response in recent months to anti-Semitism and is promising to halt his family's donations to the university. The strong criticism from Huntsman comes amid a growing backlash from donors and trustees. The controversy began last month when a multi-day event took place on campus at UPenn. It was called the Palestine Rights Literature Festival. UPenn has acknowledged the event included speakers with a history of making anti-Semitic remarks. UPenn leaders issued a statement ahead of the festival condemning anti-Semitism broadly, but not the festival specifically. A lot of powerful donors have now argued that UPenn leaders have basically allowed this to go on. UPenn leader, President Liz McGill, issued a statement Sunday admitting the school did not handle the situation as well as it could have. Well, here's the thing, guys. This is a systemic problem. It's not going to be fixed by putting out a statement. This is why also Leslie Wexner's nonprofit group, the Wexner Foundation, has withdrawn financial support from Harvard University after that giant student group-led letter blasting Israel for the recent terrorist attacks that murdered 1,400 Israelis. More of this, please. More people pulling money from these garbage universities that are overcharging their students for a degree in nonsense. This is, what, this is what needs to happen. Hopefully, if something, anything decent can come out of this entire horrific situation, perhaps it would be the defunding of some of our worst colleges and universities. Perhaps it would be that. All right, guys, the rest of the show continues right now. You guys have flooded the mailbag with questions about what's going on in Israel. I'm excited to answer all those questions, but to hear it, you must be a Daily Wire Plus member, become a member, use code Shapiro at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. Click that link in the description and join us. <laughs> We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So 
I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 